0: Subhanallah. Humanity is waking up. Humanity has woken up. All of these years of deception. Okay? All of these years of showing the bad people is the good. And the good is the bad, finally people are waking up. I don't have to take names, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. There are so many more people who are waking up and saying, No, this doesn't sound right anymore. This is not right. Remember in this world, Allah says, Wa al-mizan." Allah has placed the balance. The life of the world is very long. So that's why we think it doesn't happen quick enough. But the world always resets itself. Oppression can only last for a certain number of, certain amount of time. That could be 70 years. That could be a hundred years. But it can only last. It can't last for hundreds of years. Because the world resets itself it corrects itself humans are not so dead their humanity is not completely perished humans will finally wake up and say no this is wrong this is wrong we have to be those humans who are, who understand who have the balance because we have a faith that gives us the balance and we need to share this with others assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh ما شاء الله الحمد لله الحمد لله الحمد رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد يا أيها الذين آمنوا قو أنفسكم وَأَهْلِيكُمْ نارا وقودها الناس والحجارة عليها ملائكه غلاظ شداد لا يعصون الله ما امرهم ويفعلون ما يؤمرون وقال تعالى المال والبنون زينه الحياه الدنيا صدق الله العظيم my dear respected ulama brothers sisters dear listeners dear friends absolutely wonderful to hear all of those children Alhamdulillah. I know it's usually a distraction to hear children, but actually I'm very excited to actually hear all these children and see all of these children. Because all we've been hearing for the last two months is the murder of children, is the destruction of children. We've seen all of these pictures of these children that are dying. And mashallah, we sit here and in an amazing level of security and safety we sit here we don't expect the bombs to shower upon us so while we're here to mashallah, celebrate an occasion an amazing occasion of the completion of the quran which is always a great celebration which is a great occasion and i'm so happy to see so many brothers and sisters here and especially our children here making that noise alhamdulillah because that's that's our future and uh my task is very very difficult because we have about four different age groups here we have mashallah, the elderly we have the middle-aged you can put yourself into whatever group you want i'm not going to judge you we have the elderly we have the middle-aged we have the young adults okay and then we have the children and i don't know how i'm going to speak to all four of these groups and not bore somebody or put somebody to sleep. That's very, very difficult. Thank you for making it so difficult. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Allah help us. So, a few years ago, we had an opportunity to visit a country in Europe that is 20 to 25% Muslim. 20 to 25% Muslim, much more than UK. And in the whole country, they had, I think, I've forgotten now, three or five Hafiz of the Quran. That's all they had. And for about 100 years, they've never had a Quran Tarawi even though Muslims have been there for 300 years. And this is a country in Europe. Only three to five is. Now, hopefully, there's more because they just started a hif school. And I was thinking that in Clapton, which is in Hackney, East London, just in Clapton alone, there must be a thousand Hafiz of the Quran. Just in Captain alone. You go to Newham, there's probably a thousand or more. You go to Tower Hamlets, there's probably the same. Slaw is getting there, mashallah. This is the second Qur'an khatm. And just uh, about a month or two ago, we went to Wembley and they're picking up now. And mashallah, this one child became Hafiz at the age of... How old is he? Nine. He, was, he became Hafiz at the age of nine. Now, look at the dedication, right? The dedication. The parents would put him to sleep at half past five every single day. Put him to sleep at half past five because he has to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Subhanallah. The child has to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. A a six, seven year old is not going to wake up themselves. That means one of the parents wakes him up at three o'clock every single day. I said, was there no exception? No, every day. Come weekdays or weekends. Can you imagine it how do you keep so regular but mashallah he's finished his hips alhamdulillah and what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in this country which is actually giving you know though majority of us here majority of us come from india pakistan bangladesh sri lanka i should have said sri lanka first because we're going to get food after this and i'm thinking we might get some short eats (laughs) is it short eats no is it not kattu? Or what do you call that? Kuttu. It's not kattu. What is it today? Biryani. <laughs> Sri Lankan biryani or, or Afghani biryani? Okay. Alhamdulillah. So, most of us come from these areas and other areas, mashallah. I'm sorry if I've forgotten. you I mean, Afghanistan? Egypt. Mashallah. Mosque. Right? Now, what's happening here that's different from those countries, which now they're picking up there, is that we have in this country now, because it's one of the best in terms of the Western countries, is that we have ulama now, who are also major degree holders and PhDs and doctors and other things. You come to East London, you'll see that. You will have PhDs from Imperial College, top universities in the country, that are also doing Alim class, that are doing Alim. Right now, we have a student who is, has a physics degree, masters in physics from UCL, who's doing the Mufti course. We have another one who had a degree from LSE, London School of Economics. He did his Iftar course, then he got a masters, and now he's got a, doing a PhD in, from, uh, from Oxford. This is amazing to be able to reconcile and combine both of these things. We have seen that these children who do hijz of the Quran, their mind... I know a family that has nearly all of their children, four children, are all Hafiz of the Quran, or all nearly is of the Quran. In GCSEs, they're straight A students. Seven, eight, nine A stars. No problem. The problem is that many of us Come from countries or cultures where ya to ya Either be a alim and hafiz and saab and in people's minds suffer for the rest of your life or ya doctor Become a doctor or engineer or something, nothing less than that. No problem. We're telling you, we're showing you now you can get the best of both worlds. And this will help this And this is something that I think started in England first. And now I've seen this happening in India and Pakistan. And in Sri Lanka. I've seen this happening afterwards there. Uh, And this is amazing. This is amazing. Do the, become the best of both worlds. That's when we'll make a change to the world. That's when we'll bring major changes. So Alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has really, really bless this community. Now, if you look at if you're aware of London, a mil, over a million Muslims in London about 15-17% Muslims in London alone. I was in Norway last week and Finland the weekend before that. The whole country has 5 million population. London has just London, the city has a bigger population and that's even if you don't count slow. Right? It has a bigger population overall, out of which 1 million or more are Muslims. You can't can't avoid Muslims in London, wherever you go. 15 to 20% needy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it so easy for people to access. Now, if you look at the different boroughs of London, you go to Hackney, Tower Hamlets, Newham, Ilford there's a difference in those boroughs compared to a lot of other boroughs. Even though there's enough Muslims in all of these boroughs. The difference is, is that in those boroughs, there's a lot more going on from 20 years ago. There's many more Islamic schools. There's many more madrasas. There's, from where I live in Ilford, within five to seven miles there are 15 Alim and alima courses, up, teaching up to Sahih al-Bukhari. 15 of them. That was when I counted about 4 or 5 years ago. Why is that there and not the same? For example, in... Uh, what's this what's borough called? Slav. And many other areas. Wembley, big, big areas. Why is it not the same? Because... 50 60 years our existence in this country as in immigrant muslims when it became an explosion demographic explosion of muslims started from around the end of the 50s beginning of the 60s that's when mashallah people came lock stock and barrel from the villages and mashallah uh, muslims came to britain in the big numbers otherwise we've been here for over 100 years we've been people coming eastern the masjid is nearly 100 years old or maybe over 100 years old i'm not sure exactly We've, had, uh, we've got the walking masjid which is over 100 years old, but in terms of big numbers, uh, it's been since the 19th, uh, end of the 50s, 1960s. That gives us about 70 years already in this country. So why are these places doing more where you've got women education going on, children's education, men's education, at all levels, all sorts of education, up to the highest level, is because they focused on their children. They sacrificed their children to go out to study. I was sent out at the age of 11 to go and study in Dharlumbari. Many others were sent out to other countries, India, Pakistan, and uh, other places. It's not difficult. I cried for, for several weeks or three, four months. My mum cried missing, but I never went back home. We had to do the work. We had to, we had to finish off what we went there for. That is what made a difference—the dharams in Dewsbury and Berry, and then all the others that came up. You have to give sacrifice, especially in this, especially in countries, especially in countries which are uh, Muslim minority countries. The sacrifice is what's going to. Uh, I went to a place in India. Now you'd expect that India has much going on, but there are many areas in India. This is a relatively very wealthy very wealthy area in India and there's some people there who have a lot of concern for their children they don't want to send them to the regular madaris because most of the madrasas in these countries are built for poorer people because unfortunately only poorer people relatively speaking send their children to study then they send them to university those who they think are intellectually uh, more uh, 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 astute they send them to Uh, University instead Unfortunately So He's asking How can I do something I said look You're gonna have to send Your child somewhere else You're gonna have to Make that sacrifice Then you can actually Start a madrasa locally When your children Come back And when others From the area come back Then it will make a difference This is all about Our deen is all about Sacrifice It's all about sacrifice And alhamdulillah The ulama don't suffer The ulama do not suffer I'll give you an example. I used to be imam in California and I was in a city north of Los Angeles, two hours north of Los Angeles, very small area. One guy, from, uh, one guy from Los Angeles, he really wanted to study the deen. He really wanted to study the deen. But his father wouldn't let him. He says, no, you have to get your degree, this, that, and the other, and so on. Everybody's intoxicated with education, secular education. Not saying it's a bad thing, but some people are just over the top that if you don't have secular education You're not going to get this you're not going to get that you're not going to be able to survive Alhamdulillah after a few years he managed to convince his father nearly convince his father that uh, I should be able to go and study meaning he should be able to go and study I don't know in Egypt or somewhere But he said he wants to speak to a scholar to he has a last few questions I said okay fine let him Uh, We can speak to him inshallah. But he said let me warn you of one thing. When you speak to him. When you speak to my father. Don't talk about tawakkul. Don't talk about reliance on Allah. Meaning you're going to have to prove to him. That if, uh, if if your son. If my son becomes an alim. He will not suffer. He will still be able to survive in this world. But you can't say Allah will help him. That, it has to be scientific. It can't be based on tawakkul. Allahu Akbar. But to be honest, uh, mashallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps. That is exactly what He does. I've never seen an alim struggling. At least not in this country anyway. Right? I've not seen an alim struggling. At least not in this country. Allah taala does look after you. And mashallah. Anyway, So, the biggest challenge in this country, now moving on, the biggest challenge in this country is that our children become good believers, good human beings, and contributors. That's the biggest challenge. Now look, I want to tell you one thing. I tell my children, what do you want to be? If they tell me they want to be X, Y and Z, I said, that's the wrong thing. You can be X, Y and Z, you can be a doctor, you can be an engineer, you can be whatever you want. But really what I want you to be is I want you to be a contributor to the world. I want you to be somebody who will make a change in this world, who will benefit people. Yes, you can go ahead and benefit people by becoming a doctor. But becoming a doctor is not the end-all. That is not your goal. Your goal is not just to be a doctor. Your goal is to serve people and Allah by being a doctor. What we've just done is we've just elevated their mindset. Otherwise, there's a lot of children, a lot of young people that I meet in universities and other places, their parents force them to do something because it's their parents' ambition. My Dr. Runjana. Nothing less than that. No. Let them be what they want, but they should do it for a higher reason, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for helping mankind and for helping themselves and the people in this world and the hereafter. Just changing mindsets. And we should have that desire. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Your wealth and your children wealth and children are your adornment in this world you can have as much as many good clothing as you want or you can have the best car, best looking car everybody looks at it when you pass by ok uh, what's a good car by the way last, last week my friend he, he was taking me around and I never even know this car existed it's called a Porsche Taycan It's a full electric Porsche Never heard of it before Alright You can have all of these things But if you're miserable with your children Because your children Are not The coolness of your eyes Then what's the point of all of these other things? Would you be happy? If your children are Mashallah Productive Successful Pious Righteous and they're looking after themselves in this world, that is your greatest adornment. <coughs> that is your greatest adornment, subhanAllah. But that comes after Tarbiyah. You can only have Qurratu Ayn in your children, which means gladness and joy of the eyes, after Tarbiyah. Tarbiyah is needed for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran gives us the whole method <coughs> and process to do this. So Allah says first that your wealth. And your, uh, your children are used for you to adorn yourself. That's your zenith, right? That's your beautification in this world. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the tarbiyah of children. wa nara. O people who believe, protect yourselves and your families from the hellfire. Because there's a hellfire waiting. Both in this world and the hereafter. The hellfire of this world is... The difficulties and the torment and the mischief and everything else and in the hereafter it's the real hellfire we want to protect our children from that the way to do that is to give tarbiyah and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gives multiple examples in the Quran gives a whole story of Luqman and alayhi salam and his advice to his children as well but what I want to say is what exactly is tarbiyah, tarbiyah in Arabic is a word that it's a word that means to nurture something to bring up something basically from the the beginning plants trees and anything else they require at every level they need certain types of intervention and care and focus and the carer the tarbiya person needs to Adjust that focus according to what's required. When our children are just born, there's a certain focus we need, the end the sleepless nights, based on their crying. Then as they grow older, then it's going to school, making sure everything is done for them. When they get older, then our responsibility changes again. And then when they get old enough, then our responsibility is to find somebody to for them to get married to. And then once they've got married, then we're hoping that everything will be fine. And that does, not make us, that does not bring us more agony and sleepless nights afterwards. Our job never ends with our children. That's what you call tarbiyah. Tarbiyah, and that's what Allah does. Allah is the Rabb. Rabb means the one who does tarbiyah. That's why Allah is Rabbul Alameen. He is the one who does tarbiyah, which means nurturing and training and disciplining all the, all the various different universes. Our job is just to do tarbiyah of our children. And to look after them step by step so they don't grow like weeds. We have to prune and fertilize and look after our children. If you don't look after your, your yard, then what happens? The weeds overgrow and everything becomes chaotic. And it, it, it becomes ugly. That's not what we want to do with our children. So that's tarbiyah. Now this job of tarbiyah... Ulama have explained this in an amazing way. (coughs) Ulama have explained that Tarbiya is multiple things put together. What exactly is Tarbiya? Are you and I prepared for the Tarbiya of their children? Are we qualified for that? Are we qualified for that? For example, let's just say that your child came home from school it's his second or third day at high school. First time he's going to high school. 11 years old. Child comes home from school and the mother asks him, did you do zohar in school? Because by the time you come home, salat will be finished. Right? High school guys, did you do your zohar at school? So this kid says, no I didn't. Now you tell me, should you be happy or sad with this answer? So let's, uh, let's start with... Sad How many of you would be sad by this answer If this child said I did not pray my dhuhr at school Uh, Please put your hand up And I really mean that Okay, Allah Majority are going to be sad Okay How many of you would be happy with the answer? What's wrong with you guys? (laughs) (laughs) MashaAllah What about the rest of you? How come you didn't put your hand up? Are you happy, sad? What are you? You don't know what to think so, when I heard it, I was very happy. He, the child did not say, "No, I didn't pray. I don't want to pray. Why you keep telling me?" It wasn't like this. He was like, "No, I didn't pray. Why didn't you pray? I couldn't find an empty room to pray in." Subhanallah. Now imagine, he could have easily come home. How old are you? Fourteen. You could have easily come home and said, "I prayed." Who's going to find out? In fact, if, you call, if the parents call the school and did my son pray, they'll probably report you to prevent. Right? So, for that child to say the truth, that's amazing. Why did he tell the truth? Because he doesn't pray for his parents. He could have prayed even without wudu. There's a lot of children who pray without wudu as well. He could have done anything. He could have just said, yes, I prayed. End of story. Nobody's going to ask any more questions. The mother said, why didn't you pray? He said, I couldn't find an empty room. So then she gave him some ideas that, look, why don't you find a classroom that has a teacher, you know, doing work, uh, you know, uh, in the lunch break. And just say, look, I, uh, I would like to just pray here for five minutes. It won't bother anybody. I just like, Alhamdulillah, after that, he never had a problem again. Never had a problem again. We have to work. Some people are too sick. Why didn't you pray? You should have found a place to pray, but no ideas. And some people don't even care. I've been to one country where everybody's focused, majority, not everybody, but majority are focused on just education. And in many of the smaller towns in that country, it's a, it's a Western country. And I, would, I believe that many children have actually lost their faith. And you know what? The parents don't even know it. What do you mean they don't know it? In this country, I've had, in the last one and a half years, I've had at least three or four, about three, I think, three. 16, 17-year-old girls that are either questioning their faith or let, lost their faith through uh, th- uh, through a social media contact with somebody, and they're confused. They, they, they some are clearly out. One had become actually a Christian. When I started speaking to her, she was telling me about the greatness of Christianity. These places, they've lost their faith, but they don't know they've lost their faith. Why? Because the parents don't practice much anyway. <coughs> They go for Eid Salat, which is a nice yearly Christmas celebration. So we all go there anyway. In Ramadan, they go for Iftar programs and then they leave before Taraweeh. It's a nice social event and they, there's a Maghrib prayer that happens, but there's no discussion of Allah in the house. But, I've spoken to guys. I've spoken to now they're 20, 30 years old. I just spoke to somebody who's 45 or 50 years old last week. He said, When I was brought up, I didn't know who Allah was. I didn't know who Allah was. Basically, he was asking me how much qadha prayer he has to do. He said, because I only understood what Islam was. I mean, I thought I was a Muslim. I had no idea what it meant to be a Muslim. I didn't know who Allah was. None of that discussion would happen in our house. They never went to Maktab, masjid, nothing. So we have these kind of situations. That's why tarbiyah is very, very important. Now, what is tarbiyah? Is to get our children linked to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we can get our children linked to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then our job becomes suddenly much more easier. The way to test this is very simple, that are our children doing things for us or for Allah is when we don't tell them to pray, if we're not around and they're alone or they're somewhere else, do they pray or not? Whether late or early, but do they pray? If they pray still without us telling them, then that means they pray for Allah. Otherwise, they're praying for us. We need to change that. Now, I'll give you an example. There's a seven to eight year old girl. She has an older brother, two years older than her. How old are you, boy? Yeah, you're, you're 10. So there was a kid about your age, he was nine or ten, and he's got a little sister, seven years old. So, have you been to the opticians yet? Okay. He had to go to the optician to test his eyes, and the optician said, You need glasses. So his sister started making fun of him. You're gonna get glasses, you're gonna get glasses, right? So imagine. So the mum said to the sister, your dad wears glasses, your mum has glasses, your older brother has glasses. So you're probably going to have glasses as well. Don't make fun of him. Right? And then, I think she must have stopped or whatever. Nothing more was said. Ten years later, how old is that girl now? Ten years later. MashaAllah, good maths. Right? How, what, what's your name? Louder. Hadi. Muhammad Hadi. Muhammad the guide. Allahu Akbar. MashaAllah. definitely being a guide today alhamdulillah allah bless you and all of everybody all of these children mashallah so when she is now 17 18 she has younger brothers as well they have glasses as well the father mother older brother younger brothers they all have glasses and she doesn't have glasses la ilaha illallah why doesn't she have glasses because she she revealed this later on 10 years later That, mom, do you remember when you were telling me not to make fun of my brother? I started making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, I don't want glasses. I don't want glasses. Protect me from glasses. And she doesn't have glasses. Question is, where did she learn to connect herself to Allah and ask Allah for this? She must have felt, man, I'm going to get glasses. What do I do? Let me ask Allah Who told her to do that? You're right, nobody told her But they did A few years before they had told her MashaAllah, how old are you? You're five What a clever kid, mashaAllah He said, no one Actually, you know A few years before When she was five years old And four years old Her mum and dad used to tell her That whatever you want You have to ask Allah So she remembered that That's why when she was 8 years old or 7 years old and she wanted something, she asked Allah. Now the mother could have told her, you better make dua to Allah, but she forgot to tell her that. She said, don't make fun of your brother. But because that tarbiyah was there already, MashaAllah. Now that dua worked for her. Imagine her connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only way this is going to work is if we have a connection. We can't force our children to Think this way It has to be organic The children need to see us When we're in trouble Allah help us Ya Allah help us They need to see this organically They need need to see our connection to Allah We have a good food multiple times a week Alhamdulillah And every time we have good food I should say Ya Allah We have to thank Allah He gives us so much good food Doesn't he? right? Allah gives us so much good food. All thanks to Allah. Imagine our brothers and sisters in other places, they don't get even this much. We're not telling our children to say anything, but we're just teaching them that this all comes from Allah and we should thank Allah. It has to be organic teaching. The only way we can do that with our children is if we become connected to Allah. It's the only way to do it. I'll give you another quick example. In America, I used to teach the older children, and my wife used to teach the younger children. So, what happened once is that uh, these new students came, they were six, seven, eight years old. They'd never been to Maktab before. Never been to Maktab before. Muslim family, right? Muslim background, Arab country. So, they, they speak Arabic at home, but never. So, my wife was, when they came, my wife was teaching the class about Allah. Allah is the greatest. He is the mightiest. He can do whatever He wants. Nobody can stand in front of Him. He has the most power. Do you know what one of those kids suddenly shouted out? Power Rangers. It reminded him of Power Rangers. Do you know what Power Rangers are? Yeah? It's these guys who think they're really tough. Okay? So, he thought they were talking about Power Rangers. They're six and seven years old, imagine it. If, we have, if we've not been able to teach our children Allahu Akbar. Literally, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. Compare that to another story. There's a family with a children who are, with a child who's about two or three years old. And they go to the beach, a halal beach. And the ocean, huge amount of water. It, was, it wasn't Paul Hina Beach. Right? This was in America, so it wasn't. Paul Hina Beach is a really nice beach in Sri Lanka if you guys ever go. Right? Sorry? Vacation? The location? It was in Santa Barbara, California. Right? <coughs> maybe you have to go to Shanba Sheikh, maybe it's nice there as well. InshaAllah. So, this little kid. Nobody asked him anything. He's just looking at the ocean, this huge expanse of water coming in. And he said, Allah created this. Nobody asked him anything. He just said it. He just connected Allah to this because from a young age, Allah, Allah greatest was in the house. Dhikr of Allah, remembrance of Allah has to be the, the only way to give tarbiyah to our children connect them to Allah let them become organically connected to Allah and our job will become easier because Allah will look after them they'll be they'll be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the concept of tarbiyah in Islam the concept of tarbiyah in Islam is multiple things when we're doing tarbiyah what are we doing there's a greatest reward for tarbiyah. Why? Because tarbiyah includes so much in it. Tarbiyah is da'wah. It's inviting somebody to Allah. When you do tarbiyah of our children or anybody else, we're inviting them to Allah. So you get the reward for da'wah. Number two, it is ta'leem. You're educating them. And ta'leem, Allahu Akbar, that's the job of the prophets. You are doing the job of the prophets of educating. So you're an educator. You're an inviter. You're an educator. Number three, it includes nasiha, nus, which basically means advice. So you're giving advice. Tarbiyah includes al nus, which means to give advice. It includes irshad, which means guidance. It includes amal and practice, because you're gonna have the best tarbiyah you can do is through your own action. That's the best thing you can do, and The next point is a Qudwa. You are a role model. As I said, the best Tarbiya you can do is by being the person to follow, rather than just telling them pray, or whatever the case is. We're gonna pray, insha'Allah, they will pray. Tarbiya, you are benefiting an individual, but by benefiting an individual, you are benefiting a whole community, a whole society. If everybody can do tarbiyah our society will be much better this is tarbiyah now i have to i have to finish off i am going to really really give uh, mashallah congratulations mubarak to those who have uh, mashallah i've heard there's 40 children here in his class Four teachers diligently working in the morning may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them success may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give tawfiq to everybody else I, as i told you Aim for the best of both worlds. You want your child to be a big businessman or whatever, no problem. Make him a Hafiz of the Quran as well. If you think he's got a brain, can he not do his of the Quran? His brain, the brain is a muscle, it'll only make it faster and stronger. And if you have facilities, and we should be thankful that we have these facilities locally. Otherwise, some places they just don't. I have phone calls from people Where can I send my children for here? I said, you don't have anything locally? No, we don't have anything locally. You have everything locally? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts it. Now, whenever you see a child doing his, his is not easy. Memorizing the Quran is not easy. Allah has promised the people who memorize the Quran, Allah has promised them about them that they will intercede for 10 people on the Day of Judgment, then we will take them into Paradise, inshaAllah. Now, how do I increase my chances... Of going to paradise when I see his students you encourage them the best way to encourage them is give them some money this is because you're doing hips Hivs is not easy right many students fail unfortunately so what I sometimes do is I give them some money I said this is because you're doing his I'm hoping that he's gonna remember I'm buying I'm doing I'm bribing him that he'll remember me in the hereafter and maybe intercede for me. So I'll go to Jannah, inshaAllah, with him. Because I can't go with my own actions. I'll go with his intercession, inshaAllah. Right? So you know the virtues. The father will be given a special crown. There's so many virtues of some, somebody who memorizes the Qur'an. But I've come to you with a proposal that you let them do hifz and you let them do the best thing in this world. But with that deen, inshaAllah, in their hearts, they'll become good citizens, good humans. And subhanAllah, going back to our situation the subhanallah humanity is waking up humanity has woken up all of these years of deception okay all of these years of showing the bad people is the good and the good is the bad finally people are waking up i don't have to take names i'm sure you know what i'm talking about there are so many more people who are waking up and saying, no, this doesn't sound right anymore. This is not right. Remember in this world, Allah says, Wa al-mizan." Allah has placed the balance. The life of the world is very long. So that's why we think it doesn't happen quick enough. But the world always resets itself. Oppression can only last for a certain number of, certain amount of time. That could be 70 years. That could be 100 years. But it can only last, it can't last for hundreds of years. Because the world resets itself. It corrects itself. Humans are not so dead. Their humanity is not completely perished. Humans will finally wake up and say, no, this is wrong, this is wrong. We have to be those humans who who understand, who have the balance. Because we have a faith that gives us the balance. And we need to share this with others. This is a really good talking point to discuss this, to educate ourselves and to discuss so that we can bring back equilibrium, balance, moderation among humanity so that oppression and wrongdoing can be eliminated. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from the teachers, from the parents and of course from the children and anybody else and everybody else who facilitates this, who encourages this, who contributes to this, who assists this. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also uh, for everybody else who now has this desire that, yes, I want my child to be a coolness of my eyes in this world and the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow our dreams to come true as well. And jazakallah for your patience. Jazakallah, uh, uh, may Allah reward us for spending this Saturday, very valuable Saturday evening in the masjid. And may Allah bless all of our children and protect all of our children across the world. And may Allah bring back dignity and honor to all of our wronged people. Allahumma ya Hananu ya Mannan, la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zhalimeen. Jazallahu anna Muhammad amma huwa ahluh. Ya Ghaffar, ya Fattah, ya Sattar, ya Hafiz, ya Salam, ya Latif, ya Thal-Jalali wal-Ikram. Allahumma, khfir lana, warhamna, wa'afina, wahdina, warzukna. Allahumma, khfir liumma, seyyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allahumma, khfir lal muslimin, wal muslimat, wal mu'minina, wal mu'minat, al ahyai minhum al amwad. Allahumma, Allahumma, inna nas'aluka, tamama al-afiya, wadawama al-afiya, washukra ala al-afiya. Allahumma, khfadhi al muslimina. Allahumma, muslimina. Allahumma ahfad uh, jami' al-muslimin min al-bala'i wal-afati wal-mihan Allahumma jannibna al-fawahisha ma-zahara minha wa ma-batan Allahumma ufiqna lima tuhibbu wa tarda min al-qawli wal-fi'li wal-amli wal-niyyah Ya Allah, Ya Allah, have mercy on us Ya Allah, accept from us Oh Allah, accept our sitting here today Oh Allah, accept from these Hufad Oh Allah, from these people who have memorized Oh Allah, from their parents Oh Allah, from all their teachers from the arrangers and organizers and the administrators. our oh Allah, from everybody. Oh Allah, allow all of us, all of us to know more of the Quran. Oh Allah, allow us all to become people of the Quran. Oh Allah, elevate us from the, through the Quran. Oh Allah, bless us through the Quran. Oh Allah, O oh Allah, honor us through the Quran. Oh Allah, make us readers of the Quran. Make us comprehenders of the Quran. Make us defenders of the Quran. Oh Allah, make us reciters of the Quran. O Allah, O Allah, allow this Qur'an to illuminate our way in this world. O Allah, allow the Qur'an to guide us in the hereafter. O Allah, allow it to become a source of defense for us, to enter us into paradise. O Allah, to enter us into the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. O Allah, make this Qur'an easy for us. O Allah, allow this Qur'an to remain not just in our immediate children but in our progeny until the day of judgment O oh Allah allow us to be those who make the difference and set in motion people in our family to become Hafiz of the Quran and allow this to continue in our generations until the day of judgment O oh Allah O oh Allah we ask you forgiveness for all our delays and our wrongdoings our distractions and our heedlessness O oh Allah we seek your protection your forgiveness from all the sins and transgressions we have committed. Oh Allah, you have given us abundantly, more than so many others in this world. We can't thank you enough. Oh Allah, all the wealth that you have granted us. Oh Allah, the access to the various different facilities. Oh Allah, the health facilities, the security facilities, everything that you have granted us. The safety you have granted us. Oh Allah, we are understanding the value of it now. Oh Allah... O Allah forgive us for our ingratitude, make us of the Shakkareen, make us of the Dhakireen, O Allah the Dhakareen, O Allah make us of those who remember you constantly, O Allah forgive us all our sins that have brought darknesses in our life, all of those sins which have turned families against one another, which has taken the blessing away from us, O Allah which has caused calamities to descend upon us, O Allah we especially ask you forgiveness for those sins which have now become part of our life and we don't even think of them being sins anymore. Oh Allah, grant us beneficial knowledge. Oh Allah, grant us closeness and understanding uh, of you. Oh Allah, make us the way you want us to be. Oh Allah, we try our best. We We wake up with a good intention in the morning, but by the evening we have failed. Oh Allah, we have good intention in the evening, but by the morning, oh Allah, we have been lost. Oh Allah our brothers and sisters in Palestine and in Gaza, and oh Allah, in all the other places, oh Allah, remove the indignity from them, oh Allah, remove, remove, remove the subjugation and the oppression, oh Allah, grant them their freedom, grant them their honor, grant them their dignity, oh Allah, grant them their freedom, O oh Allah, grant them elevation, oh Allah, grant them their victory, oh Allah, grant them steadfastness, oh Allah, those who have died, accept them as martyrs, O Allah, those who are troubled, who are injured, O Allah, grant them sabr, patience and a quick recovery. O Allah, O Allah, assist us to do that which is correct. O Allah, assist us to be productive. O Allah, protect us from laziness, procrastination. O Allah, protect us from wasting our time. O Allah, protect us from the evils of social media from the evils of all of the modern things that are there. Allow us to use it for the, in the right way. Protect us from using it in the wrong way. O oh Allah, protect us from the mischief of money. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, protect our children. O oh Allah, elevate the status. <coughs> oh Allah, elevate the status of this masjid. O oh Allah, everybody who prays here. O oh Allah, allow us all to enter into the Jannah in the hereafter. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, make this a true place of delivery to paradise. Oh Allah, make this a true place of delivery to paradise. O oh Allah, we ask that you accept us all for the service of your deen. O oh Allah, we ask that all of the desires that we, have, we now hold in our heart, to all the righteous desires, that you allow them to come to fruition and completion. That we don't lose these desires as soon as we go home. Oh Allah, all of the blessing that has come down right now in this gathering, all of the rahmah and mercy that has come down, all of your generosity which has come down, allow us to Allow us to be blessed by this for many, many weeks and years to come. Oh Allah, do not allow us to lose it. Allow there to be many, many huffaz and Ulama and Muftis and Awliya. Oh Allah, make us all from the Awliya. Oh Allah, again, bless all of those who've made an effort and guide us all to make an effort and to be accepted in some way, shape or form for the for the Khidmah of your deen and grant us company of your messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and allow the hufas to ascend Allow the Huffaz to ascend and to keep this Qur'an and let it illuminate their life in everything they do. Allow them the best of this world and the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salaamun al-mursaleen. Uh
1: The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further. An inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam, and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, And that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.